Hey guys, I'm Ella, and today on my podcast, The Dance Discussion, I'm going to be talking to you about every aspect of the Radio City Spectacular, the Radio City Music Hall, and we'll be featuring an interview with a Radio City Rocket. If you don't know what the Radio City Spectacular is, it's an amazing holiday musical performed every year during Christmas time in New York City. It's a 90-minute show performed at the Radio City Music Hall, and the dancers are called Rockettes. The show consists of intricate sets, props, beautiful costumes, wonderful dancing, a live nativity scene, and of course, their famous kick line. You may have seen the Rockettes when the show was featured on Netflix in 2018, or in the annual Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. When coming up with a topic for this podcast, it hit me that this is one of my favorite shows. As someone who has seen the show many times myself, I figured I have a lot of knowledge and would like to do a little more research on the Radio City Spectacular, so why not talk about it? I love the style of dancing and could never get sick of watching the kick line. It's my favorite part. So as I considered the idea, I realized what I really wanted to do was an interview with a rocket. If only there was a way. But I realized we have social media, there is a way. Why not? So I got on Instagram, reached out to a few Rockettes, and was very excited when Rockette Samantha Butts wrote me back. She was happy to answer my questions, and I'm so excited to share them with you. Stay tuned for the interview, but first, I'm going to give you the background story and share some fun facts you may not have known about these performers. And of course, tell you about some of their dance moves. So, a few years ago, I was fortunate enough to be able to go and take the backstage tour at Radio City Music Hall, where I learned a lot of the information I'm about to share. Here's where it all started. Did you know the Rockettes weren't always the Rockettes? It all began in St. Louis with a group of dancers who called themselves the Missouri Rockets. They were discovered by showman S.L. Rothafel, otherwise known as Roxy. Rothafel moved them from Radio City Music Hall, where they later became known as the Roxyettes, and eventually got their name, the Radio City Rockettes. The original spectacular was only 30 minutes long, and as you may have heard me say earlier today, it's 90 minutes long. Since opening night in 1933, more than 3,000 women have performed as a Rockette. Yep, you heard me right, 1933. That's a long time, and a lot of dancers, almost a hundred years. The show has played a role in history of dance shows and performances. Of course, the choreography has been modernized over the years, and high-tech backdrops have been incorporated, which I'll tell you all about next. However, a few timeless things have stayed the same. The Parade of Wooden Soldiers, and the Living Nativity have been a part of the show since opening night in 1933. Even the costume for the Prey of Wooden Soldiers has remained almost unchanged. I really wish I could show you pictures in a podcast so you could see this number through the years, but you can picture it in your head. The white trousers, red tops, and tall black top hats marked by two yellow stripes that stand perfectly on their heads a tall white feather attached, and they always end the number falling back onto each other in that big train. 
They perform at the Radio City Music Hall, which was built in 1932. The hall initially showed films, but within a year featured the Rockettes' Christmas Spectacular and later became the show's permanent home. This is where the Tonys are held and used to be the location of the NFL Draft and America's Got Talent. Something so cool about theaters in New York is their architecture. The Radio City Music Hall is no exception. The ginormous theater can seat up to 5,960 people. The theater is embellished with huge gold-colored arches and a deep red-maroon-colored seats. If you walk downstairs, you will see a lower lobby with dim lights and a diagonal pattern. When it was built, this room was intended to be a holding room between shows. The dimmer light was designed to keep people's voices down, and the room also includes mirrored columns also intended to control the noise. The theater has many murals decorating it. The entry to the men's room showcases a huge Stuart Davis painting. The women's lounge is painted with murals titled The History of Cosmetics. In the main lobby, when you first enter the building, you will see a 40 by 60 foot mural on the wall above the grand staircase. And when I say grand, I mean grand. It is huge, round-shaped staircase. It's so pretty. It's called, the painting is called The Fountain of Youth by Ezra Winter, and above it hangs a gigantic chandelier that kind of resembles a Christmas tree. It's very elegant and all lit up. All of the elevators are identical inside and are lined with inlaid wood. The hall is designed where there is no bad seats. The acoustics go both ways and the performers can be heard from stage with no microphones. The theater also includes a VIP lounge, which was initially intended to be an apartment designed by the Rockettes as a gift to Mr. Rothful or Roxy. The apartment is located on the fifth floor and not only was it a living quarters, but also a space to entertain the elite. Roxy hosted some famous guests such as Judy Garland, Walt Disney, and Samuel Goldwyn. The apartment has 20-foot high gold leaf ceilings and all custom furniture, of course. The walls are covered with luxurious drapery and marble. So much more goes into a show than most people could ever imagine. It's not just about the dancing. It's about the staging, the props, the lighting, costumes, and the special effects. Those are all reasons why you enjoy the show. And sometimes these things are overlooked, but not in the Radio City Spectacular. The LED wall that serves as a backdrop for the Christmas Spectacular is one of the largest 8K resolution LED screens in the world. During the show, audience members wear 3D glasses to see 3D projections on the screen and all around the theater. Over 1 million pairs of 3D glasses are handed out each season, so the audience can see things like Santa flying and the starry night in the nativity scene. There are 36 digital projectors around the theater used to project this imagery. One of the numbers is called New York at Christmas, which you'll hear Samantha talking about later. In this number, the Rockettes begin their dancing from a double-decker bus. The Rockettes dance inside the moving bus as you move through Fifth Avenue and see some of New York's most popular holiday sites on the screen.
According to stage manager Joseph A.O., the bus is controlled by automation. The bus is connected to what they call a time code and will turn when it hits very specific points on the stage. Not only is the bus moving in accordance with the music, but also with the visual content on the back wall. And believe it or not, the bus is not the only prop in this number. When the bus enters Central Park, a skating rink pops up. And fun fact, it's not actually made with real ice. It's a thick layer of plastic that has a spray lubricant on it that allows it to act as real ice so that ice skaters can wear real skates and perform on it as if it were real ice. At the end of the number, real fireworks and pyrotechnics go off. Pyrotechnics are a display of fireworks. There's a video content on the walls and sound effects of the fireworks going off. However, they do run a pipe and have 21 bursts of real fireworks that are going off during the final kick line, just to make the show that much more magical. Anyone who knows the Rockettes knows that every detail of their dancing is exact and perfect, even their heights, or so you thought. All of the dancers appear to be the same height, but your eyes are deceiving you. The Rockettes are between 5'6 and 5'10 and a half, with the tallest dancer being in the middle and the shortest dancers on the sides. This gives the illusion that all of the dancers are the same height, when really, they're all in that four and a half inch range. Believe it or not, the Rockettes do their own hair and makeup. They wear their hair in a French twist, super classic, and always wear MAC Red or MAC Russian Red lipstick. I love the red lip, especially at Christmas time, because I feel like it's such a classic, timeless look. It also really pops on stage. They actually chose these color reds because they both have blue-based undertones that pop under the stage lights. In the Wooden Soldiers number, they have bright red circles on their cheeks. I was shocked to learn that these red circles are not makeup. They're actually felt circles, which I guess makes sense because they barely have any time to change. Their quickest change is between Wooden Soldiers and the New York at Christmas number. In that time, they only have 78 seconds to change. And it's not just any change. They change from a full-on bodysuit, red cheeks, and top hat to a sparkly costume masked by a winter coat and fur hat. Another fact that blew my mind to learn was that over 1,100 costumes are worn by the cast in each show. That calls for a lot of laundry. The wardrobe department at Radio City Music Hall does over 350 loads of laundry per week. That's 16 hours per day during the week and 20 hours per day over the weekend. Fun job, right? (laughs) There are 180 baskets backstage per show. In the 12 Days of Christmas number, one of my personal favorites, and the Ragdolls number, they tap. They have tiny microphones in their shoes so that the audience can really hear the taps. It makes the experience so much more interesting when you can hear the taps because it feels as if they are a part of the song. And hearing the taps also made me pay more attention to the steps because it makes you notice what their feet are doing. It's a lot of fancy footwork, and everything about the Rockettes show is so synchronized. All of the dancing is about sharp movements and precision. 
In the 12 Days of Christmas number, they wear probably their most iconic costume. It's a red and white candy cane looking bodysuit with a shiny gold ruffle and around the bottom and the right side of the chest has a big bow on it. They wear a matching bow in their hair and they complete the look with skin tone tights and tap shoes. Something else that makes this spectacular so spectacular is the nativity scene, which features real live animals. Three camels, six sheep, two donkeys, and a horse. You may be wondering how animals like these live in a city like New York. I was wondering the same thing. But the animals are well cared for during these eight weeks in the city. And of course, they're rotated out with others who live at a sanctuary in Westtown, New York. They are woken at 5 a.m. each morning and taken for a walk on the city streets. The animals participate in a 10-minute nativity scene during the 90-minute show. The sheep and donkeys actually ride the elevator up from their dressing room, which is just below stage level. I bet you never thought you'd hear about animals riding an elevator during this show. But yep, it's true. With all that being said, it's time to talk about the true focus of this podcast, the dancing. You can definitely tell that in the choreography was well planned in accordance with the music. They hit every beat. The show includes dancing in styles of tap, jazz, and even some elements of ballet. When learning the choreography, the Rockettes use dance terms, military terms, and terms specific to them. Dance terms such as passe, relevé, and bevel are used. As far as military, they use terms like about face to describe their perfect 180 degree turns. And a rockette specific term includes sunshine head, which is referring to the position their head is in when it's tilted back ever so slightly as if there was sunshine streaming down their faces. Precision being a priority of this dance company is what sets them apart from any other company. Every moment is detailed out to how high the dancer's arm is, where their cheek is, and where their eyes are looking. Every movement has been mapped out on the stage to create perfect patterns. The opening number of the rocket of the spectacular is the sleigh ride, or as I like to call it, the reindeer number. <laughs> In this number, the Rockettes perform their iconic reindeer knee pops. Their hands are placed just above their hips, elbows facing back, and their hands turned in, just barely touching, creating a V position with their thumbs facing forward. They call this position HOH. As they move backwards, they switch from one open bevel to another with strong back legs. One of the formations that stuck out to me during the show were the double circles. At one point in the show, the dancers dance in two circles, the smaller one within the bigger one. They turn their hips towards the angle they'll be headed and link up by gently placing their front arm behind the woman in front of them and their back arm in front of the woman in front of them. The circles rotate opposite, so one's clockwise, one is counterclockwise. Their hands are just gently resting there because they don't put any weight on the person next to them. Each rockette must hold their own center of balance in order to not weigh down the chain. 
Something else the Rockheads do a lot of are strut kicks. When doing a strut kick, the Rockheads start in a bevel and develop the leg into a passe, and then it's out from there. They extend their leg to waist height, but slightly crossed over so that it's in line with the opposite hip. Have you ever wondered how the Rockheads stay in such straight lines when they dance? Well, here's your answer. One of the techniques that they use is called guiding right, and it's a lot harder than it looks. The dancers turn their head to the right and stay in line with the head of the dancer in front of them. However, they can't always do this since most of the performance, they're facing front. So when facing front, the dancers have to use their peripheral vision to stay in line so well. In the Santa number, the Rockettes' most used move is the Santa runs, in which they jog in a turned out position with their hands folded in fists and their arms are bent at almost a 90 degree angle, swinging left to right. Silly move, but this move is exclusive, exclusive to the number, and you don't see it anywhere else in the show. They close the spectacular with a lyrical number, incorporating balletic movements that are unique, just like snowflakes. It's really beautiful. This kick sequence is different from the others because they don't link up. The dancers kick both in front of them and on the diagonal while placing their arms in distinctive positions, such as one arm in a shallow V and the other arm bent and centered over their heads, or what the dancers call diagonal arms, which is exactly what it sounds like. The dancers create a diagonal line with their arms by twisting at the waist with broken wrists. It's really a beautiful number and super creative choreography. Now it's time for me to share the interview with you. I interviewed Samantha Butts, who was a Rockette for the first time last year. After graduating college, she decided to audition and received the job offer in mid-August. So I sent her a list of questions, and I'll read you the question and then her answer. So my first question was, what made you decide to be a Rockette? And her response was, what drove me to becoming a Rockette was seeing my best friend perform in her first season. My best friend became a Rockette after high school, and seeing her live her dream on stage opened my eyes to the possibility. She always talks so highly of the job and the amazing opportunities. I think it's so cool that Samantha was inspired by her friend. I know I would be amazed to see one of my friends perform in a show like that. And I love how she took action with her dream. My next question was, what is the audition process like? She answered with, the audition process is two days. There is an open call, usually in mid-April, and the following days for callbacks. Over 500 women audition every year. The dancers enter the studio in smaller groups and start with a short eight-count jazz combo. After the first combo, they make their first cut. The remaining dancers learn tap, jazz, and kickline combos. There are usually several cuts made between each combo. Callback day consists of reviewing the combo learned and adding on to the phrase. This was all new information for me. It's not something you can just look up or find anywhere else. It's crazy to me that they can make their first round of cuts off an eight-count combo. Anyone who has danced before knows that eight counts is not much, especially if it's fast-paced. 
So you really have to go for it, and you can't screw up. Then I asked, how often do you rehearse? She answered, we start rehearsals in September and rehearse six days a week, six hours a day. Six must be their lucky number. I was surprised to learn that they start in September because the show usually starts the first weekend of November. However, six hours a day and six days a week is a ton of practice. So basically, all they do in that time is practice. Which leads you to my next question. How many shows do you perform? She told me, we perform up to four shows a day. We have two casts, a morning cast and an evening cast. Uh, When I was on the tour, I learned that they have 40 dancers per cast, so there's a total of 80 rockets. However, only 36 are performing at a time. Each cast has four swings who can fill in for the spots of nine women on the line. The next question I asked was the one I was most excited for an answer. The question was, what is your favorite number in the show and why? What is your favorite costume? She said, my favorite number in the show is the New York at Christmas with the bus section. It's so much fun to perform. I would have to say that's my favorite costume as well. I love the coats and the reveal of our gorgeous red and green dresses. This is the number I was talking about earlier where the bus moves and spins around the stage and the dancers wear red and white or green and white plaid winter coats. These coats have fur collars and a matching fur hat. Once they exit the bus, they leave behind their coats and reveal the sequined red and white or green and white halter top costumes. These costumes are so pretty and they end the number with a kick line and real fireworks. As an audience member, this is also a really cool number to watch. If you get the chance, you should look it up on YouTube. And you can see the fireworks and the costumes. It's just in the bus. It's a great number. My final question for her was, what is your favorite thing about being a Rockette? Her reply was, my favorite thing about being a Rockette is being a part of such an incredible legacy. We are truly a sisterhood and becoming a Rockette has taught me so much about myself as a dancer. I loved this response because it's cool to know that the Rockettes are so close, like sisters. After all, that sisterhood bond explains how their dancing works so well together. And it definitely would be an amazing legacy to be a part of. In my dancing experience, you really do get close with the people you're dancing with especially backstage, in between numbers, and during all those hours of practice. I love meeting new people and forming friendships through dance, and I'm sure there's no better way to do it in the dance world than being in such a big show, and the Radio City Spectacular would be so amazing. I'm so grateful for the opportunity to ask Samantha these questions, and I hope you enjoyed hearing her answers as much as I did. Thank you for listening in, and I hope you enjoyed.